this week's Devil in Detail podcast. I'm Rob Paxson and we're here talking all things Salford Red Devils. Join the show as ever. We have Paul White side right, Paul? Hey Rob, you okay? Yeah, how's your, how's your week been? Yeah, alright, busy. As usual, I always say that every week, don't I? <laughs> um, getting a bit more busy now with like cold weather and stuff like that. So, um, long hours and what have you. So, I've struggled this week doing me right and I was a bit late doing my preview. But, um, yeah, the season's coming towards a close now, isn't it? And uh, yeah, it's been a funny old season, isn't it? But I sort of be glad when it's done on Friday and have a bit of a, a rest from it all, and hopefully we'll come back to a bit more normality next season. Yeah, it's all getting a bit dark out there, Paul, and a bit cold and a bit wet. Um, I suppose you're going to be like really busy. You're, this is the time of year you boys shine, don't you? Shine all year round, me mate. <laughs> shine all year round. <laughs> yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, it's longer hours than that now, but it soon it flies by though, doesn't it? I mean, I had my um, my anniversary last week at British Gas when I worked seventeen years. I'd done. Now you don't see them like five minutes ago. I was an apprentice, you know, starting out. I can remember like my first day and my first job and stuff like that. So it, it just shows you that time goes quick, doesn't it? So uh, it'll soon be springtime. Yeah, I think I've done about eighteen at my work, but. Different different gravy to yours. I'm not walking in people's houses and stuff every day and manual work. Sitting in the office, me, typing on a computer is not, not exactly hard, but it's more about keeping yourself sane, really. That's the that's the name of the game. Pays the bills, doesn't it? That's all we do it for at the end of the day, don't we? Mm. And the uh, and it's bonfire night coming up as well. Hearing all the the bangs, as they with the old COVID, there's no uh, there's no mass gatherings anymore, is there? So everyone's having a do it yourself uh, bonfires. Make sure you if you do that, make sure you're safe and your family are safe. Don't want any accidents, do we, Paul? No, there's plenty of fireworks going off here. Now I've just got the window open and uh, they were all, they just stopped sort of going off in a minute, but there's loads going off before, so I don't know who's letting them off. But it's all these naughty people in North Manchester that. <laughs> Blakely and Most, and there's some Romans up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's uh, plenty of fireworks in the in the world of Sulphur Red Devils uh, this week, Paul. But we'll, uh, we'll we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, we look back at the the Catalan win. We'll look at all the big news of the week, and then we'll preview the Wakefield game, uh, which is uh, coming up on Friday. So what we'll do? We'll start off with a victory against the uh, Catalan Dragons. You're listening to Devil in the Detail, and this is your big match review. So, Salford were victorious. They beat Catalan Dragons 42 points to 24, Paul. Uh, a great result for Ian Watson's men uh, after the last uh, few weeks. Yeah, well, it was a good result, uh, you know, backing up from... Um... The previous couple of games we've had, you know, a good win against St. Helens, and you know, after the cup, after the cup final, we had that defeat against Wigan, didn't we? But since then, we've we've seen to a knuckle down now. And I know we didn't play the Warrington game, but that was uh, was one of those things, wasn't it? So it was a, a good result, good performance in the second half, especially in the first half. We we weren't at the races really, or the doors were, but um, again, we came back from from twelve points. It was twelve nil and eighteen six. You know, coming back and then to to score that amount of points in in the time that we did, you know, just shows that the flair and the attacking sort of prowess that we've got. You know, Chris Ninnu, as we keep saying, what a talisman, what a points machine he is at the moment. You know, the the goal kicking and his ability to score. So big win against a side that were 
well, they still are going for the top four, but you know that that's a, that's a big feather in Salford's cap. That you know, Catalans are a good side. Yeah, didn't start too well, going down twelve by twelve points, like you said. Um, it did look a bit like we were out, out, out uh, about off the races a bit and took a while to get back in the game. Uh, that Inu try sort of half a de- deficit, but then a mistake and Cassiano uh, crashed over to make it sixteen. 18-6, sorry, and yeah, I think we were, we were struggling, we kept coughing the ball up a bit, didn't really look at like like we were in the uh, the races really, but towards the back end of that first half, I thought we we started to to tick, uh, click a bit, we had a, a try by McCarthy disallowed, uh, Chris had an opportunity as well on, on, the, on the buzzer and seemed to claw our way back into it going into, into our time, Paul, and second half, we, we, we found we found a bit of rhythm, we found a bit of flair, Reese Williams scored lovely work by uh, Callum Watkins to send the winger over uh, to close the gap to to six, and then Chris Ninu levelled it up with a with a good try as well. And I think it shows like a post rugby league. It's when you get momentum, it's everything to you. And I think Salford managed to managed to do that in that sec- second half. You know, bring the momentum to the game, uh, and Catalan couldn't deal with it. Yeah, I think my mon- momentum, sorry, in the in the modern game is. Uh... It's, it's key now, isn't it? Especially with the with the rule changes that we've had this season. You know, if you can get that roll on, and the teams can find it hard to stop. But for Salford, I think the, the main thing I've noticed this season is the their ability to go behind in matches. I mean, we've been behind in lots and lots of games, and they don't seem to let it phase them. Even though if they're sort of 12, 18 points behind, they, they don't seem to panic. And I listened to a Lee Mossop interview. I think he was at the cup final recently. And um, he was saying that they don't really don't really worry about when they go behind in matches because they know they've got that mental toughness and that to battle back into games. And I know you say you don't want to be fighting back in games. You want to start well and, and all that. But as long as you're getting the result, I don't think it makes any difference, really. I mean, what or want to look at that? And, you know, don't don't want to be going 12 points behind. But they seem to have uh, come up with this... This sort of gritty mentality, really, and and the, the the flair of the tries that were scored in that game on Monday. I mean, that that gives us something to build on. That I think that's a really big result. That and sends a bit of a message out to the top teams in Super League. You know, we we've we've beaten most of the top sides this season. You know, Wigan, Saints, Warrington, Catalan. You know, we we we've, we've chalked them all off more or less this season. So, uh, so yeah, it, there's so a lot of positive signs I thought in that game on Monday for going forward in 2021. Yeah, it was all about. I think it's like sticking sticking to the process in it and not panicking, and they they trusting sort of Ian what Ian Watson has to say, and also they trusting themselves that they they're good enough to get to get back in the contest and eventually go and win it. And that's mental strength, that's character, everything that sort of Ian Watson likes to to talk about, you know, regarding his squad. And it's it's a good thing that we've got it and and the building on it and creating a. Uh, an excellent situation here at Salford where, you know, we've got players who are hungry and, and talented and, and want to sort of take this, uh, this situation we're in and see how far we can go with it. And it's, it's an exciting time. Uh, I think to be, to be a Salford fan. Um, Tui Lolly here scored to make it 24, 18, lovely uh, team uh, move through the ball out wide runners everywhere, pulling the Catalan Dragons defenders all over the show uh, and Tua Lalea got on the end of it and, and crashed over and it. And it kind of tries like that, make you, make you, you know, really sit up and realise that when when we throw the ball about and we've got space, uh, this team can be quite ruthless. They certainly can, yeah. We, we know about Tua Lalea and the, 
you know, I thought his support play was was terrific in that game on Monday, and that's that's for me is a, a big a big part of the game. You know, backing your man up. You've got forwards on there who can get the ball out. You know, Pauly Pauly, he can offload the ball, and if you can follow him round, he, he attracts a lot of defenders as well. So that then gives you the room to to play off the back of that. And you look at the talent we've got out wide in the three quarters, and Callum Watkins, I think, has been a really really astute signing from Watto. I think you're going to see a, a massive year for him next year. You know, once he gets more games under his belt, gets fitter and sharper and stronger. I think we've got a really quality player there. So yeah, I thought too was great in that game. And you know, what has been saying, and he's working on his kicking game and things like that. So uh, I think there's, a, there's there's guys who are willing to progress and, and willing to work there, and the work ethic's tremendous. And you know, there's nobody at Salford who, who coasts it or, or sort of steals a living. Everyone's there for the right reasons, and that's that's the good thing. That that's why we're going to keep getting better. And going into this game on Friday, I've heard a few people say, "Oh, it's a dead rubber. It's this, that's the other." Salford will, will have an amazing amount of pride on Friday, and I think they'll be going to to win that game as well with the right attitude. So, uh, but yeah, Monday was was superb. Yep, uh, Callum Watkins was the next try scorer for Salford. Lovely assist by Parley Parley, sending him through a gap to score and. Salford in control, 30 points to 18 at that point. Tuilola here scored his second try. Lovely assist by uh, Tyrone McCaffrey to make it 36-18. And, and a great turn of pace, I thought, as well, by Tuilola here to get around the full-back and score. And Ian Watson, the speech to him in the press conference, we'll put that on in, in a moment. He talks about um, his role in the side and how he plays off the back of, of the likes of uh, Atkin and, and Brown, who organised the side. And it showed on, on uh, Monday that given the opportunity and given the space, he's devastating. And, and I think it's a good thing, obviously, moving forward, that he's had a he's had a chance to settle at Salford. He's had the you know the fantastic season last season with Jackson Hastings taking us to a to a grand final. But without Hastings sort of being there, he's also shown this year creating, you know, good tries and, and making good tries. So it's it's a good thing, obviously, what he's what he's doing. He's, he's bang back in form with them two tries against Catalan and I'm sure they'll take that forward into twenty twenty one. Yeah, well, that that's his role. That's the, the game he plays. He's he's not really a creative player to a lot of He's not a, well. He's not an organizer. He's not like a general. He's he's more a finisher, you know, comparing to like players like Sean Edwards, Gary Schofield, people like that. You know, who who are not you know on on there to to get a team around the park. You know, Robbie Paul was another one. The the guys that are going to back up and finish breaks off. And and that's what to me that's what Tui Lolo is got to be. That's his role in the team. He's got to be there. He's got to be on players' shoulders. If you've got a guy who can offload a ball like a Pauli Pauli, Tui Lolo has got to be there, right place, right time, take that offload, and then he's got that turn of pace to go through and and score tries. So uh, yeah, I think with Chris Atkin or, or Kevin Brown, he's um, you know the tailor made for either two of those really. So we'll have to watch this space with with next season who, who's the scrum half. I don't know whether Kevin Brown's going to carry on. I'm not too sure. I think he'd like to, wouldn't he? So when I've seen those two play together this season, they've looked really good. And I think when two of the plays with Chris Atkin, you know, Chris Atkin adds a lot to the side as well. But yeah, to his support play, he's just got to keep working on that. And, and, and I think his kicking game will come. I think, you know, he's, he just needs to work on that a bit. But, you know, he's, he's played, you know, a real good shot kicking game at times this season. So he just needs to find a bit more consistency with it. Yeah, Atkin and Brown. Atkin's a different kind of player, isn't he, to Brown? He's, he's a bit nippy and a bit quicker. He takes the line a bit more. Um, and obviously, with, with Brown being off, I I thought 
maybe Tolly here would take more of the responsibility of organising, but it seems like you said they want Atkin to, to be that pivot in the in the in the side. And we and he's done, you know, quite he's done really well anyway really, since Brown's been off. You know, we, we haven't really seen too much of a difference uh, in our attacking pro prowess showing on uh, Monday. No, I think Chris Atkins played well every time he's been called upon this season. He's had to wait for his chances, you know, and be patient. And when he's come on, he's he's played a hooking role a couple of times. He's he's filled in other positions as well. So he's a very versatile player. He's very quick as well, and he's he spots that um, that interception as he has done a couple of times this season. So very useful player, Chris Atkins. Yeah, final try for Salford. Chris Nanny News hat trick try, three tries, seven goals. Paul on Monday night, uh, showing how much of a points machine he is for Salford. I think he's only is it third? Is he's in the top five? I think of, of Salford's top point scorers now. He's only played like thirty three games, which shows how how prolific he's been. I saw that stat on on, on Twitter. I think Paul you put it on Twitter, and um, yeah, fifth in the all time Salford yeah. Super League point scorers. Like you said, he's only played thirty odd games, so. Uh, he's in good company. I think Steve Blakely was top, wasn't it? But, you know, Steve played uh, quite a number of seasons in the Super League for us. So, Christian's done tremendously well there. And we've said that this season. He's a, he's a special player. And I know he's in talks with the club, I think, at the moment. So, I'd love to see him stay another season. Because I think he's a big influence on the on the team, on the on the pitch as well. You know, as part of the leadership team on the, on the, on the pitch. I think he, with him being... Um, an experienced player and he's played in some big games and he grand finals and things like that, you know, all over the world. So, um, you know, you need a, you know, a guy like that in the dressing room. I think he's, he's good for the, you know, the younger guys in the dressing room as well. Talking about that list, Paul, Daniel Oldsworth was second behind Steve Blakely. Steve Blakely was solved for about 10 years. Daniel Oldsworth was about two, maybe three. And he was, he was classing them in them three years. Um, the Wizard of Oz, I used to call him, but he's, um, he quite surprised me really how, how high up he was. Yeah, I think with Steve Blake, though, we signed him sort of mid-90s, didn't we, about 90... No, sorry, early 90s, about 92, I think we signed him. So the first couple of seasons, they were pre-Super League, weren't they? Mm. So you're only talking 97, 98, 99, 2000, he went to Warrington for a bit, and then came back 2001, 2002. So he's had a good few years, though, at Super League. So I don't think we had Daniel Olsworth for very long. Maybe two seasons we had Olsworth for. Yeah. Two or three seasons. So he mm. did well in his his, uh, his spell, didn't he? So, um, yeah, I was surprised that Daniel Olsworth was up there. Uh, Catalan scored the final try of the game, but Salford ran out with winners 42 points to 24. Like you said, Catalan are a good side going into the looking at cementing their place in the playoff. And I think to beat them is a good sign and a, and a good statement. I think, you know, for people on the outside looking in, they'll know by the league table, Catalan are, are a contender. And for us to put the ringers through them at 42, 42 24 only sort of grows our profile, really. Yeah, we've got a decent record against Catalan at home. I think last couple of seasons we've had good results. Last season I think we scored 40 points against them. And going back to the away fixture, which seems an absolute lifetime ago this season in, in sort of start of March when we played them in Perpignan, I thought we were unlucky that night. I think, you know, we, we, we went behind in the first half and we showed like heart and commitment in the second half. And, you know, it's was, it was a good result that to turn them over because they're a good side. I mean, if you look straight through their team, the, the guys they've got in there, like some Maloney and Tompkins and David Mead and people like that and Drinkwater, Israel Falau, they've got quality players all over the, the pitch, haven't they? International players and plenty of pace and plenty of size as well. You know, Sam Cassiano is absolutely huge. So they're, they're, they're going to take some stop in them, I think, if they finish in the playoffs and uh, they'll, they'll be a tough side to, to, to beat, definitely. 
Yeah, looking at the stats, Paul, uh, top tacklers, uh, Jack Armand-Ride with 27, Joey Lussett with 31, Lee Mossett with 31, and Luke Yates with 34. I thought Armand-Ride was, um, was outstanding uh, on Monday. Really good game uh, for him in, both in attack and defence. And, uh, you know, moments like moments like on, on Monday where he puts in a, a performance like you think, you know, he's got real talent, this kid. And, you know, he, he could be, he could be what you know, the next big thing in the next few years. Yeah, well, I don't think he's any. This is about being disrespectful to Jack. I don't think he's a spring chicken, is he? Sort of. I think he's in his well in his twenties, isn't he? Maybe even late twenties. So he's been around quite a while now, hasn't he? Featherstone Rovers and, and Leeds. So I think he's reached a stage in his career now where it, where he needs to string games together and, and get them under his belt and and start playing at first team. And I think every time I've seen him this season, I think he's worked hard and he's he's put the effort in and he deserves to be in the squad. And I hope we see him again. I don't know what his contract situation is, but I hope he's at Salford again next season and perhaps get some more game time and really cements his place in the side because he's a big lad. He's a good tackler and he makes plenty of yards when he goes forward as well. So, uh, and he's just, his wife's just had a baby and that. So he's, he's settled down there now. So, uh, so good luck to him. It seems a good lad as well. Yeah, talking about uh, top meter makers, uh, Callum Watkins, 132, Reese Williams, 132, Dan Sargent, 197, Chris Wellham, 119, Tuilal here, 105, and the top forward was Lee Mossett with 99. I always say it's a, a good sign when you get more than two and three players over 100, and we were on six. So that's a, a good sign, uh, really, about how much momentum we had. Yeah, what was Dan Sargent doing? Laps of the car park. How many is he doing? 197 metres. He did it. He did a fair bit there. I mean, that just goes to show joking aside. Dan Sargent's in um, tremendous work rate, hasn't he? Um, I know he's been prone to the odd mistake here and there, but the guy's um, very, very exciting to watch, isn't it? The way he, he brings a ball at 100%. He, he tackles, he, he puts the effort in and everything he does, doesn't he? And um, no, terrific player to watch. And. Um, no, another talented player in that three-quarter line we've got, you know, lots of Callum Watkins in there, Kristen Innie, we've got some real talent in there, and Reese Williams, and, you know, hopefully players coming in for next season. That's that's going to be some back line that we've got there. Yeah, it's, it's pace and it's ability to know where the line is and creativity, and it's, you know, it's great that, that we have that, but also have a good set of four as well. So that's why Ian Watson's sort of plans come out for fruition, you see, because they've got, you know, talent in both areas of the field, and you know it's it's great that, that Ian Watson's been able to build this this team, and it seems to be you know clicking now, and and we've we've got to a, a grand final, we've got to a, a Challenge Cup final, and that's experience in it now that that they've got in them big games, and that's only going to help in games to come next year and beyond that, really. Yeah, well, you're losing some pivotal players next season. We know that the likes of Chris Wellens going now levels, Matt Flanagan, Gil Dudson. Joey Lussick, uh, I'm not quite sure if I've missed anybody else out, but the, the nucleus of the side is probably more or less going to stay the same. You know, there's some big players I've just mentioned there who are leaving, but I, I'm sure what those targeted players who are going to come in and um, and take those places and fill those shoes. So, you know, I think the, the Callum Watkins signing it. A few was it a few weeks ago now, a month or so ago, was a statement of intent. Really, I think that was a really good signing for us, and, and you know, really quality signing. He's looked really good in the games I've seen him in, and he's only going to get better and, and better. Dan Sargison has been good this season, hasn't he? Well, he's been terrific this season. I think Dan Sargison, I think he's been a real fine for us and a real quality player. So we've we've got some real talent there. I mean, you look at Ken Seal, 
Ken's a fantastic winger and he's been out most of the season injured. So 2021, you're going to get a fully fit Ken CEO back there as well. We've got Morgan Esgray to come in. So really exciting time, I think, for Salford. Yeah, very exciting times. Uh, the man in charge there, make exciting times. Ian Watson, I got a chance to speak to him after the game. Uh, and this is what I had to say. Coach's Corner. All right, Ian, it's Rob. Hi, Rob. Good win today. Um, second half sensational. What, what, what do you think made the difference in that second half from the first half? Oh, we, we started to complete sets and turn over really well put them under pressure. Once we hold the ball, mate, we, we can attack. Our, our issue isn't attacking at all. You look at some of the players there and they looked world-class once we were attacking with the ball and completing. Um, ours has always been making sure we defend well and turn the ball over well. Yeah, three tries in that first 15 minutes showed the momentum and, and it shows what rugby league is where you get that momentum, you can continue to keep scoring. Yeah, I think the boys were ruthless today. It's not so often, if you look at our performance over the last few weeks, they've been quite tight games as well. I think today, once we started to get in front, we were ruthless. We put our foot down and went for the throat, really. Yeah, Tuilola here scored two tries today. Been a bit quiet last couple of weeks, but it was very good today. Yeah, see, 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 I, I disagree. People saying two has been quiet. Two has been outstanding, mate. Since Kev dropped out, um, two, two is not your, your playmaker and your organiser. Two is a player who plays on the back of people like Kev and Chris Atkin. They're the ones who have to control the game and then he he frees himself up on the back of that. The pack getting on the front foot today allows Tui to play. Tui's done some really good things. Tui knows his kicking game's been off. Um, he's, he's been behind in the practice sessions. Um, two sessions we've had uh, where we've just been doing extra kicking. Um, and Tui's been rectifying what he knows has been a little bit of a weakness over the last few weeks and today I thought he kicked um, he kicked well to be fair yeah uh, great result today season tickets out in the next couple of days great advert for the fans watching at home yep yeah, yeah we, we, we need them every club's the same mate we, we want to get back to normal and get the supporters in there but as a community club we need the supporters we need the sponsors to be behind us our supporters have been outstanding this year in donating the season tickets the sponsors sticking by us uh, we need that. We, we need more of them as well to come forward. If, if we want to be classed as a top club, the only way we're going to do it at Salford is by us all being in it together, what the players talk about all together. And, and that shows by people sticking by us with season tickets, by buying season tickets and, and sponsoring. Um, and I know it's a tough world out there at this moment in time, but hopefully people can see what, what they're putting the money into in terms of the players it's, they feel that's a value because of the performances that we put on. And when you go to Wembley and represent your club, we're representing them supporters who stick by us and put the, put the hand in the pocket and their hard-earned cash in. Yeah, you talk about your medical staff a lot in the background. They put a lot of big efforts in putting the players on the field week in, week out. Is the talk of investing in that side of the, the club to make them sort of even better? Yeah, we just need to tie them up on contracts, mate. That's, that's the big one for us is... We've got three members of staff in our medical team. Our medical team isn't massive. We've got three medical, which is obviously Rob, who's head of the physio department. We have Beth, who's our assistant um, physio. And then we have Sarah, who's a physio and slash masseuse um, sports therapist. Um, and then they work in tandem with our S&C department to make sure that the players work well. So the big one for Salford is making sure that them three are signed up um, long-term going forward. 
so that was Ian Watson uh, talking to himself after the game and he was happy uh, with the performance uh, the players are putting. Yeah, he certainly was. I've missed speaking to Watt all this season. Uh, I mean, <laughs> big chats with him and that with his COVID and what have you. But yeah, he's, um, he's very pleased, I think, with the performance. And, and why wouldn't you be as well? Like as I said before, a great result against Catalan. I mean, I didn't expect us to, to run away with the game like, like we did and, and put them to the sword. And I think that's, for, for, from a Catalan point of view and Steve McNamara, I think a bit of a wake-up call that. I mean, they probably came to, to that game thinking they were going to wipe the floor with so, but they'd not played for a few weeks. They'd had plenty of rest. They had a fully fit squad, really, to pick from. They're um, sort of flexing their muscles ready for this top four. And we gave them a bit of a lesson in that second half. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't think they're expecting that. But again, another Watson uh, coaching masterclass. Yeah, it was full of praise uh, for the fans, obviously donating the season ticket money to the club and, you know, hoping that the fans will come back in number in 2021 and also grow. And also it was full of praise for medical staff as well, who, who uh, you know, did the, does do the bit every week, getting the players fit on the field. And it's kind of a, they're like the important sort of players, part of people really in the squad because rugby league's a really tough game, isn't it really? And these players do get, injured from time to time and it's just a matter of trying to keep them fit as possible really and, and they and they do that I think everybody at the club deserves a massive pat on the back Rob I mean, I've just put that in my preview today the players the staff the medical staff the coaching staff you know the people at the top of the club particularly the, the playing sort of segment of it all I mean if you look at all this situation with the virus and what have you there's, there's quite a lot of clubs have called you know, games off for COVID and someone's tested positive, blah, blah, blah. I think Solf would have been one of the one of the best ones, really. I mean, not that I'd, you know, not that I'm having a go at teams for testing positive. That that's bad and we you know, you want them to, to get better when they do. But I think Solf would have, have got through it really well with the, the squad that we've got. You know, we've never really been in the news saying, Oh, we've we've tested loads of people have tested positive. So it just shows the players have sacrificed and they followed the rules, followed guidelines and things like that. So I think they deserve a lot of credit for that. You know, they've obviously had to be in some sort of bubble, haven't they? And you know, not been able to do the, the daily sort of normal things that they do. So uh, for a for a squad of our size and a club of our size, I think we've managed this this pandemic really well. Yeah, big fans for your three-word match reports and man of the matches. Stuart Smart, brilliant second half. His man of the match was Tui Lola here. Colin Reynolds, fantastic second half. Inu, Harvey Reid, Champagne Rugby League. Nathan Archer, second half. Reds, um, his man of the match was Sarge, Polly Polly, Wellham, Tui or Inu. Martin, great second half. Sargentson, David Wallin, 40 glorious minutes, Sargentson. I think he's got a part. I think for, obviously the first half we were a bit scratchy, has to be said. But second half we were we were we were spot on, and it's it's kind of a it's kind of thing when you when you look back through the season when moments which you click, and I think that was one of them. Well, it's become a bit of a, a bit of a trend this season. The first half we've been pretty poor in a lot of first halves this season, then really good in the second half. Go back um, the week the game before the St. Helens game. I thought it was awful in the first half, apart from when Pauli Pauli scored late on. Then the second half, we we were miles better in, in the second half. So it's been a bit of a trip this season. And I don't know. I can't put my finger on it, really, what, what's what been wrong. But uh, I suppose at the end of the day, as long as you're winning the games, um, it doesn't really make any odds, does it, whether you're good in the first half or good in the second half. But I'm sure it's something we definitely need to work on. But it's uh, it's, it's been strange. It's been a strange season, to be honest with you. 
I, I don't think it, well, it probably matters because you don't want to give teams a, a, a big head start, do you? But as long as you've still got that belief and that confidence and that skill to turn the game round in the second half, first half, you can just feel yourself in, can't you really? But you can't do that every week, can you? There's some games you will lose because you're giving them too much of a, a, a gap. And I suppose that's one thing Ian Watson might be looking at in improving in, in sort of 20, 2021 that this team will play for 80 minutes. And that might be the difference that might take us to that next level again, if we can put in an 80 minute performance rather than a sort of 41. Well, consistency is the key in it. I think when you come to like Super League and you tend to find like the Saints, Ellens and, and Wigan are probably been the two most consistent teams so far this season. And they've probably got one thing in common that, that stands that stands out straight away. It's the size of the squad and the size of the of the quality players of the, of the squad. And I think if we can just add a few more bodies to ours and a, a bit of quality as well, <laughs> then you're going to be you're going to be challenging for um, you know for um, for honours, aren't you? So yeah, consistency is the key for me. I mean, it's difficult sometimes because you've not got that quality coming off the bench, have you? Like some of the other clubs, but you know, I, I'm sure we're going to going to be okay. I think the recruitment will be really good for next year. Pete Brady, Unreal Rugby League. His man of the match was Dan Sargentson. Mark, what a performance. Chris Nanninu, your mate Roy Ellaby, two half tail. Um, his man of the match was Tui Lola here. The Supporters Trust, super second half. Tui Lola here. John Waite, second half madness. Um, Clarke, offloads were ace. Lola here. Chris Seedhouse, excellent teamwork. Tyrone McCarthy. I think. I'm a big fan of Tyrone McCarthy, and I think it was another good performance for him. He, 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 he's a kind of player that that makes a big difference, does the dirty work, and and gets us in positions to for the other players, the most the more flary kind of players to 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 do the damage. So I, I kind of agree there with uh, with Chris. Yeah, definitely, he's a workhorse, isn't he, Tyrone McCarthy? Like you say, every side needs players like that. You know, we've got another big workhorse in, in Luke Yates that's been absolutely tremendous. You know, the, the tackling and the, and the work that he puts in. So you need those. You can't just have the, the flair players. You need blokes to, to set you that platform, don't you, and uh, get you down the other end. And then you like to see Tui here and Chris Atkin can do the magic. Adam Arbery, world-class Watkins. Uh, Callum Watkins, Paul D, missing missing it working. A bit like yourself, uh, Paul. Um, and his man of the match was what oh, must have been uh, listening to it on the radio like yourself. Yeah, um, I had uh, Paul Brooks sending me texts and uh, what have you to see how the, the team was going on. So, uh, so yeah, it was a shame. I would have loved to have gone really, but it was a bit, bit of a difficult time. Three o'clock on a, on a Monday afternoon. It's a, it's a tough one to, to make it, but uh, but yeah, I kept uh, I kept abreast with the score and what have you. Uh, Martin Wilson loved the club. And Chris Har- Chris Harkins rest re- rest rehab rewards, and he says a lot of them. I suppose that's a that's a thing with the way our fixtures have kind of played out over the last few weeks. Is I suppose the rehab has has become as important as the training, keeping the players, you know, game ready, um, and it kind of paid off against the Catalans. Yeah, certainly, and like you said, we were, t- we were talking before about Catalan not played for a while. I think it's been two or three weeks since they played, so. He would have expected them to be fitter and and a lot fresher in the the game, but perhaps they were just a bit undercooked. Catalan Dragons, and they certainly didn't start like that. They started off the game like an house on fire, didn't they? Went to a twelve point lead, so it, it, I thought it was a bit of a strange game, really. 
you know, reading about it afterwards and, and watching the tries and that, it, it just did seem strange to me. But no, you'll take it. I mean, at the end of the day, we're not interested in how Catalan perform. We're interested in how Salford perform, and we got the result. And um, no, it was a good one. Yeah, just momentum that second half. As soon as we started to click, uh, the Dragons couldn't deal with us, and we we scored we good. We scored some good points in that second half, and it kind of gives you confidence in it moving moving forward. Um, so that's our, our chat about the Catalan win. And next up, we're going to look at all the big news uh, coming out of the club this week. So, Paul, season tickets for 2021 are on sale now. Um, club have announced the, the prices and they, they look pretty good to me. Yeah, they certainly do. Yeah, and it's dead easy to get in touch. As well. I mean, I'm rubbish on the internet and stuff like that. So I, I followed the link that I saw today on, on Facebook and sent an email. And within about two minutes of me sending an email, Sonia at the club emailed back to me and said, I'll give, send me your number, Paul. I'll give you a ring and we'll sort out renew your season ticket for you. So I was a bit tied up today. So she's going to phone me tomorrow and I'm going to get it started. So dead easy, dead easy if you want to renew your ticket. And I thought the prices were really reasonable as well. And, you know, the children's ones and the under 16 and things like that are really good. I think, you know, you can't argue with that. So let's hope that people buy into it. All right, we're not dead 100% sure we're going to be going back. But, you know, if you can afford to get a ticket, you back the club and, um, you know, get behind them because they need the funds, don't they, to, to, to buy players and pay players' wages and keep the club afloat and things like that. So, uh, so yeah, I'm really pleased when I saw the, the prices and that. Not that the price really makes any odds anyway, but. It's a real value for money, I think. Yeah, uh, season ticket holders will be given priority access to any Red Devils home matches with limited capacity in the event of a match required to take place behind closed doors. Season ticket holders will be given free access to watch the match via a live stream, um, which is probably the same thing that's happened this year. So I think it's it's it's, it's like you said with the corona and you know it's it's difficult time of year really for for some people. So if you can. Uh, afford to get a season ticket then then try and support the club because it's been a tough few months for them with with no fans and it's it'd be good for us fans to hopefully try and back them up and again uh, and uh, you know keep the uh, keep the own fires burning yeah definitely i think you can pay sort of um, direct debit and, and monthly payments can't you things like if you can't afford the, the full whack of paying it all off in in, in one well, no, the, the club needs it needs backing now, as all the clubs do, don't they? They're all going to be in the same boat, aren't they now? And no, it's been it's been difficult for them, hasn't it? So, uh, so yeah, thank thank God for people who who put hard earned money in, and, and the sponsors as well who do a great job. So, uh, I'm sure um, everyone will be uh, be putting their hands in their pockets over the next few days and few weeks and uh, and renewing the tickets. I've seen loads of positive stuff from people on, online and that who, who said they're going to be getting one. So it sounds sounds good, and hopefully we'll. Uh, We'll sell a few and and pack that stadium out as soon as we can when when it's uh, open for us all to go again. Yeah, the early bird offer finishes on the thirty first of December, so uh, make sure that you can get get down there before it before it ticks into normal uh, prices. Under twos uh, are available free of charge. Email uh, at ticket office at ajbellstadium.co.uk. So ticket office at ajbellstadium.co.uk they've got to be purchased through the email so yeah plenty of options direct debit's going to be uh, available uh, soon it says they're going to club will, club will announce that and uh, yeah it's great I think it's great obviously that we, we've got the season tickets out now and uh, people can, can go and buy them 
you know, they're out within plenty of time, aren't they, Rob? If you're looking at the next season starting, you know, I don't know, they, they keep mentioning March and things like that. We're only in November, aren't we? So you've got plenty of time now to uh, to get ahead of the game for 2021. Yeah, other other good news as well, Paul. Uh, Nile Levels, Callum Watkins and Dan Sargent have been called up to the England squad, which, um, you know, congratulations to all of them. Fantastic, uh, you know, result for them. Played really well this season, fully deserve, deserving of their call up to the to the England squad. And I think it kind of shows how far we've come as a club that we can get three people in the, uh, in the squad now. More than Hull, more than Wakefield, more than Castleford and... When you when you look at the, at the bigger picture like that, why would you consider going anywhere else when you've managed to get into that England squad playing for playing for Salford? Yeah, definitely. And, and uh, as we've mentioned about Callum Watkins before, I mean he's not played that many games for Salford, but it just shows you the games he has played. You know, people in the the England setup must have noticed him and noticed the quality he's brought to the side. And to get picked on sort of an handful of matches, I think he, he's done tremendously well. Nia Levels have spent quite a bit of time out injured, but. He's he's got a fantastic reputation as Niall, hasn't he, within the the, the British game and, and and fully deserved as well. And, and Dan Sidison has been pretty consistent this season for us and uh, you know worked his socks off. So I'm very pleased for for all three of them that have got into the team. So yeah, fantastic. It kind of it kind of gives the opportunity club a bit more oomph behind it because people will now look at that and think, well, if I go to Salford and I can perform well and get into the international stage it, it, we could be used as a as a vehicle to get back up to that to that level which players you know think they can play at so i'm i'm happy i'm super you know pumped about about the the boys getting into that england squad and next year with the world cup they're in they're in prime position now, aren't they to 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 take take a shirt in the biggest competition uh, in our sport yeah, certainly. If you can have a big season next year in 2021, you, you've got the, the chance to impress, you know, Sean Wayne, the, the coach now. And I'm sure there'll be players, that, you know, from Salford that are, that are involved in that. You know, we've done well this season. I mean, you look at the league table, I think we've probably dropped down now, haven't we, to like 10th or something. But mm. I don't, I think the league table really, for me, it, it doesn't do the club justice for the work that they've done this season. You know, we, we beat Toronto and had those two points taken off us. We had to forfeit a game against Warrington and lost two points. And then we've just lost six points for misdemeanours from the club from seven years ago. So you've, you've lost quite a lot of points there. And, yeah, I don't think it's a level playing field this season, and, and I think the league table is a bit topsy turvy and doesn't really tell the whole picture of the season. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch on that. Um, the misdemeanours, us losing three games, it says it's to, to fail, uh, failing to honour financial commitments made. Basically, the the old Salford Salford Football Club night entered into a CVA with Salford City Reds 2013 and agreed to service the debt as as one of the conditions of being accepted into the Super League at that at that point and sounds like um that sort of agree, uh, agreement's kind of gone a bit gone a bit west so that's why we've been deducted deducted six points because it's like this season but we've no relegation this season and us you know towards the top end of, of the, the the table it's probably a good time uh, to do that yeah, I don't, it's, probably, it's probably never a good time to lose points, isn't it? But on this season when there's not that pressure on and you probably weren't going to make the playoffs anyway or even if you were, you were going to be that reserve team, I think, maybe if we were seven. So if it gets rid of things and 
wipes debts out and, and things like that and gives you a fresh sort of fresh start for, for 2021. I mean, it's positive news really for me. I mean, it sort of throws the shackles off of the previous regime and sort of the mismanagement and misdemeanours and mistakes that were made there. So, uh, yeah, hopefully it draws a line under that sort of mess now and, and, and lets this new this new Salford, you know, strive on into the future because the people who are guiding us now, I mean, fantastic people, honest people, people who are, who are doing a great job and, and leading our club forward with, with the hearts as well as the minds. And, and, and that's the way to do it. I mean, supporters now trust our leaders, you know, completely. I mean, you've got Paul King and Bleasy there and, and the rest of the directors. I mean, you know for a fact that they've got our you know, club at heart and the interest of the club at heart. They're not they're not using the club as like a, a toy that they're going to get rid of after a few weeks. Or, do you know what I mean? I think mm. you feel a lot safer with them running the club. And um, yeah, so if we can draw a line under the previous stuff and, and get rid of that, I think it's a real, real good positive story going forward. Yeah, I did a, yesterday, last night, Paul, did a, did a bit of investigating, trying to figure out sort of how it had affected us. Took a break for 10 minutes, went on Twitter and realised that Gaz Carter had done a big piece about it in the sun. So it was like a total waste of, of my evening, me trying to figure out what was going on. But it's a very good article. It's well worth reading to, to get your head, your head uh, around what, what's going on. I think there's positives and negatives. Obviously, like you said, you know, all the old um, sort of debt that we had, uh, which is... Which is um, kind of being described as a millstone round round our necks by Marwan Kukash and a debt that a choker donkey by uh, Paul King. Um that that would be affected by by that and that going now opens up of possibilities for possible investors in the future. And even if there isn't investors coming straight away, it allows, you know, the likes of Paul King um and uh, the other people in the in the background to to put a bit more juice in in the in the tank and um you're hoping that, that extra bit will, will will help the club on the, on the flip side of that you know part of the 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 problem is there's people who have been, who are part of the um the financial commitments that we had won't won't be getting uh, paid basically so it, it swings around about so if you're talking about as a as a fan uh, it's it's good news but if you're a if you're a business who who was probably owed some money um then you know it, it's probably a, a bit of a bad day for you really but it's one of them yeah, it is what it is, I suppose, isn't it? At the end of the day, I mean, I wasn't... That that story came out of the blue to me, really. I wasn't really expecting that. Um, I'd heard sort of rumours about bits and pieces about money and that, but I'm not my massive expert on things like that. I don't really, really follow it, and I don't try and get involved in the finances of stuff. So reading what people have said and trying to use me as sort of common sense, it, it did seem to make sense to me, the way the club had gone with it, and... Yeah, I I think 2020 will go down as, yeah, we got to Wembley, we got to a cup final, but I think in reality it'll go down as a bit of a Mickey Mouse season for for me, especially the Super League, the way things have gone on. It's been a bit of a mess and I think most people will be glad when the full-time whistle goes on Friday against Wakefield and we can all sort of put it to bed and, you know, wake up in 2021 and hopefully, hopefully we're in a better state than, than what we are now. Yeah, and the whole thing doesn't affect Salford City Reds 2013, and it doesn't affect the club now, uh, which is which is a good thing. Basically, it's opportunity club takes opportunity. That's that's the way I, I, I look at it. Um, other bits of bits of news, Paul. 
playoffs were revised uh, in the last few days. Six-team playoff now. Uh, Huddersfield on standby if uh, a club goes into into COVID. So, what you, you say you were against the the uh, the switch last week, weren't you? What if two clubs go into COVID, Rob? Not our problem anymore, Paul, because we're tenth. I thought they would have just said at the end of this week. Now, right, semi-finals and then the grand final, top four playoff, top plays fourth, second plays third. The winners go into the grand final. Uh, to me, having a top six playoff, you, you're having more games, aren't you? And, and risking, you know, the less games you have, surely the the less risk it is with this virus and what have you. So, I didn't really understand why they were bringing more teams into it, but. No, I, I thought it was a bit daft the way they'd done it. But they, I suppose they, they're damned if they do and they're damned if they don't, aren't they, at the moment? You know, the, the way the way things are going with this with the virus and players testing positive and games getting cancelled and apparently St. Helens have refused to travel to Perpignan to play Catalan this week, which I think is an absolute joke. So everything's just... Everything just seems to be snowballing to a big mess, really, doesn't it? So I'm, I'm sure... You know, the, the Super League probably just want to get it finished now and, and, and what have you. So I was surprised that when they said uh, said a top six and I'm not really dead sure how it works. It's uh, 3v6, 4v5 and uh, one and two have a week off the first week and then one right. play the lowest playoff winner and two play the highest playoff winner and it's the That's final week after. So point, yeah. for me, it keeps the competition going and more meaningful games for Sky and for us to watch at home um, and the players to play. Because I forget this season, you know, players have been through a lot, haven't they? So to give that, have the opportunity to, to play in a grand final, even though it's going to be at hall in front of nobody, but to get there and, and possibly win a, win a trophy must be, must be, you know, something at the end of this crazy season. I suppose that the, the bad thing is another rule change midway through the season, uh, more players involved in, in the whole process. And, um, yeah, I suppose we had to we had to do it. Sky want good games on the telly, don't they? Want excitement. So at least in this uh, structure that they've created, you get that. No, I think they would have got that with a top four, though. They were doing two semi-finals and a final. We can't get more more meaningful than that. I, I don't know. I'm a bit cynical sometimes. It makes you wonder whether Sky just want more and more games to get more and more money. But you, you're risking. You know, I mean, more teams, you, you're risking it, aren't you? I mean, Hull KR pulled out this week. You know, Castleford, we're uh, not playing another game because they've, they've more or less pulled out, I think, now, haven't they, as well? So, yeah, I think the sooner it sort of gets towards the semi-finals and the final, the better, really. And it's coming up the end of this month, isn't it, now? So, a bit exciting, though, because there's some good sides involved in it. And I know Catalans are still up there, aren't they? Looking pretty good. So, uh, I can't pick a winner from from what teams I've seen this season, Wigan, Wigan Saints looking pretty strong. Warrington looks strong, so it should be should be really good. The the, the playoffs and um, it'd be nice to see a new team in the final. Yeah, due to our uh, financial misdemeanors, we dropped down to tenth. So we were in the mix at one point, Paul. So I was dreaming about winning the grand final from outside the playoffs at one point, but unfortunately, we were we were dumped to tenth. Which in one way, in one way. It's probably good because at least the players can end the season, can't they, against Wakefield on Friday. Rest and recuperate after a, after a tough uh, season. And, uh, yeah, ready to build for 2021. I think it would have been tough for Rob if it had finished in the playoffs 
Um, to get back to a grand final, I mean, I don't know whether we would have had the legs really. We 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 we've, we've struggled the last few weeks, haven't we? To to put a team out and and you know you're asking a lot of the players to keep going, aren't you? I mean, when you think about it now, they, I know they had a big break sort of in the middle of the season, but that season started at the end of January, so they've been going a long time now. Um, you're asking a lot from the players to keep you know turning up every week, so I, I think in a way it's probably uh, probably worked out right for us in the end. Um, yeah, well, I would have liked to have a go at a crack at the playoffs, but I think we've got bigger fish to fry in 2021, as I keep mentioning. I think it could be a real big season for us now. We've got to, uh, I'm sure Wattle and, the, and the, the coaching staff will be sort of plotting the master plan for 2021 as soon as the season ends. I think they'll have a break and then, you know, come sort of January time, they'll be, or December time, they'll be straight back on it. Um, but I think they need that break now, don't they? And the players need that, that break as well. It'd be interesting to see what happens, obviously, because off-season, you know, players go away, don't they? And then, then they'll have to come back, won't they? And how, how they mix, you know, like with the bubble, going back into that bubble, going out the bubble, and then coming back in, in whenever it'd be, like November, December time. Or will they just stay, try and be, you know, be in a bubble, their own bubble, till uh, till it start training again? It'd be interesting to see what happens, really. And also the, the transfer thing, obviously, with players coming and going from clubs. I suppose Ian Watson and Ian Blees and Paul King will be having a little powwow about who's available, what kind of price, and it will be good. It'll be interesting to see you know, who Ian Watson can, can bring in to improve this squad, because um, there is areas which you could improve. But we'll see. We'll see what's available. See who's hungry, who will be at a fit in our in our squad, and who's got the right sort of attitude and, and can sort of blend with our culture. I'm sure what was targeted players that he wants. I'm sure he spoke to Paul King and Bleasy and everyone else about them. You know, was involved at the club. I'm sure he's, he's he's targeted these people by now. And there's quite a lot of good players off contract as well. I've looked at the list the other day, and there's there's people available there. We've all heard rumours in the rugby league press, the League Express, and things like that about who we're after and who we're interested. I don't think anybody's really been confirmed yet, so it'd be unfair to really mention anybody's name. But um, you know, people will know who they are. They'll read things on on Twitter and on Facebook and that. And it's all part of the excitement isn't it, of building up to a new season. So uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll bring players in. And we're going to need to as well. We, like we, we keep mentioning, we're losing some good players, aren't we? Some excellent players. So uh, we need to bring some in to, to replace them and, and refresh for the, for the next year. Yeah, other news. Uh, our college team beat Hopwood Hall 44 points to 20 uh, today away from home. Good result from them. Tries from Ewan Hayes, Ben Walton, uh, two from Walton, two from Clifford Howarth, Lucas Lies and Jack Stevens and Lewis Lord all uh, getting tries for Salford. Yeah, tremendous victory. And I'm hoping, you know, in the near future, the amateur scene is going to be buzzing again because it's been a shame not being able to do the amateur reports for the, the last sort of few months. I've really missed doing that side of the podcast, you know, looking after the, the college teams, university teams and our local sort of national uh, conference teams as well. So, uh, yeah, good luck to those lads and uh, excellent win today against Hotwood Hall. Hotwood Hall have done really well the last couple of seasons in Rochdale there, at the uh, that campus there, and they've got you know some good links with the uh, Rochdale Hornets as well. So uh, a very good result. Yeah, I think with the the COVID thing and all the community games, both football, rugby, all different ones are being suspended out there from the second of November. Uh, no, sorry, was it fourth of November till the fifth of December? Which is a bit of a kick in the teeth in it for all these clubs that have gone through 
you know, mass preparing, aren't they? And, and, you know, sanitizing their hands and stuff and making sure all the players are, are, are safe and COVID secure. And I suppose it's difficult because you need to stop the, the spread. But it seems like these clubs have gone beyond, the, beyond you know, their expectation really to, to, to cover all the bases in the, in the fight against COVID. Yeah, you can only do what you can do, can't you? At the end of the day, the government come out and, and make a rule and there's nothing you can do to... Uh... To, to 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 fight that can you? You've just got to uh, you've just got to get on with it and take their advice, haven't you? And hopefully uh, something will change change soon. So that's all the news uh, coming out this week. What we'll do now? We'll look forward to the Wakefield game on uh, Friday. It's time for the double of the So, Salford faced Wakefield on Friday, Paul. Last game of the season. I'm sure Ian Watson's men will want to finish with a win. Yeah, and I'm sure they will, yeah. And uh, we've, we're playing at Headingley again. And from a ground we've, we've hardly won it over the last 50 years. We've won there quite a few times this season in these behind closed doors games. So, we've seen to have uh, done well there. And it's, this fixture against Wakefield, I mean, is, is our away fixture. We think we've won three out of 21 in the Super League against Wakefield away from home, which is quite a poor stat, and it's been a real bogey ground for us going to Bellevue. So they're always tough games to play against, and uh, you know Chris Chester will have his side fired up. I know there was talk of um, a bit of mutiny at Wakefield a few weeks ago, wasn't there a bit of a players' revolt? I'm not sure what all that was about. And I think Chris Chester sat down with the players, and they had a look in the mirror, and they had a big chat, and they won three games on the spin, didn't they, after that? And uh, they were only beaten narrowly by Leeds last week, so they've had a real turnaround in form. And they're the same as us. They'll want to finish on high as well. There's a lot of pride at stake, I think, on on Friday. Yeah, they talk about upswing in form. It, it kind of thing that when you get towards the back end of the season, you get that and it carries teams a bit. And I think it's going to be interesting on, on Friday because, you know, we're playing well as well after our good performance against Catalan. So it will be interesting to see who can carry that that through. They've got some great players as well, uh, Wakefield, Tom Johnstone, Great player in Ben John Bishop. He still knows where where the line is. David Fafita, fantastic forward for them. Craig Copjack, he's back in the mix as well at, at Wakefield. So you've got players there who, who can uh, cause us problems if we don't uh, manage them right. Yeah, they certainly have. They've got quite a good contingent of ex Salford players there, haven't they? As well, like you just mentioned, a couple of them. Josh Woods there also as well. And, I watched Josh the other week against St. Helens on the Sky Television game and he was tremendous, got man of the match in that game, so he's been playing really well. And another guy that's caught my eye every time I've seen Wakefield this season, there's another ex-old player, Matty Ashurst, who always seems to play above his, uh, above his weight in the back row and uh, you know, really, really tough working player. So, there's, uh, there's, yeah, there's going to be a bit of extra spice there, copy as well, as you said. And uh, you know, Wakefield have got some good young players. Tom Johnston, the winger, who's had an absolute nightmare with injuries over the last couple of seasons. And he seems to be finding form now and scoring tries, which is great to see because he's a player that you know should be knocking on the door for, uh, for, for a World Cup spot next year in the internationals because he's an excellent winger. So they've got some really exciting players as, as have we. So it should be a really good game, this one. You know, Wakefield got a decent package. You mentioned Fafita there as well, who, who likes to mix it. So this should, uh, I think there'll be a few points in this game. I think both sides will want to throw the ball around and it'll be in last game of the season. It might be a really entertaining game, this. As it's going to be an entertaining game, Paul, have we got our score prediction? 
Are we hopefully going to get the Nando's last last opportunity for the Nando's for 2020? Yeah, it's just come into my head. Now I'm going to go uh, Wakefield home team. So Wakefield 24, Salford 36. 24-36? Yeah. I'm thinking Salford will run riot, full of confidence after the Catalan win. Going Wakefield 10, Salford 44. Mm. 44-10. And um, two in all here scores a hat-trick. Do you think any of the, the lads leaving will be kicking goals? Because they normally uh, <laughs> yeah. get to goal, don't they? Like, is Chris Wellham going to have a kick at goal or nine level? Have you have you made arrangements to get Chris Wellham's tie ups or something? Just uh, just out of interest. Um, no, I did ask no. him for his socks at Wembley, but I think he thought I was joking because <laughs> 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 he just said "ha ha." So, uh, so no, I don't. I don't know. I'll see if I can catch his eye on Friday. You should have uh, sent him in like a, a serious sort of eye, serious eyes emoji. Don't know why. I don't want to upset Chris Wellham though. He's got a right. I mean, I know my my uh, my jab's not bad, but he's got a right hand off. I'm not going to argue with him. <laughs> <laughs> not me into next week. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's going to be he's going to be one of the players that we miss. He's, he's certainly put a you know great show on in a, in a Salford shirt, and uh, sort of good luck to him, I suppose. At, at Featherstone, I suppose it'd be interesting to see because uh, they've they've decided that with Toronto, which we haven't really talked about, have we? Toronto Wolfpack being uh, booted out of the Super League. Going, uh, keeping the t- keeping the league at twelve. Do, 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 obviously, the decision was made. Do, do you think it was the right decision? And who do we who do we decide to replace them with? I think I, I didn't think he was going to mention Toronto, and I was sort of glad when you did it because it's, you could do a podcast on Toronto yeah. on on its own, couldn't you? And my opinion, um, I'm I'm not. I don't want to be too ignorant because I don't really know. I'm not. I don't know the ins and outs of things at Toronto, and I'm not one of these people that sort of hates Toronto and things like that. I, I, I'm all for expansion. I think if a team's gonna do something, run, yeah, let him in if they've got interest and they've got supporters there. Yeah, I think. I think we did. We mentioned it on the radio the other day. I can't remember. We, we we had this chat and we were saying about how rugby league doesn't always give a chance to teams and they want success overnight. And I think with Toronto, it was probably a more long-term project than what they give it, really. And I feel sorry for them because I know they've not fulfilled the fixtures, but I think the, the COVID situation has had an awful lot to say in that, logistically, you know, with travel and, and, and whatnot. It must have been tough for them to, to do that. So I think they've had it tough there. So I thought the Super League might have given them another chance. They haven't done. Um, and then what I thought to myself was, why don't the the Super League keep it at eleven teams next season um, in the Super League and promote one team for twenty twenty two? So what that does next season is, after all the COVID, it just gives teams next year that bit of breathing space. The eleven teams in Super League, knowing they're not going to get relegated, so I think it just takes the pressure off a bit. But at the end of the season, someone's going to get promoted. So twenty twenty two, you've then got twelve teams. I think that would have been the best bet. But what did the Rugby League do? They go and decide they're going to have twelve teams. So what this is going to cause now? is a civil war in the championship because whoever the, doesn't get the golden ticket to Super League, I'm not going to say they're going to take the ball on, but they're going to be upset, aren't they? So, and there's going to be all sorts of, well, you pick them, you know, because they're favourites and this, that. And it's going to cause an awful lot of grief and an awful lot of arguments. And 
I don't know really who they're going to pick. I've, I've no idea. They said they're going to make an executive decision, but who do you pick? I mean, it's it's going to be a it's going to be interesting to say the least. Yeah, I, I th- with the Toronto thing, people who I feel sorry for it's the fans, really, because they had a good following in, in Toronto, and to for the for the team and the sport just to be taken away, it's just sad. Really, I was like when we nearly went sort of bumped. I know it's a totally different situation, um, but it's, it's that kind of feeling in it where if, if, if Sofa just disappeared and that was that, it'd leave a massive hole in it in your, in your life. And I do feel sorry for the Toronto fans. Obviously things behind the scenes weren't working too well, but the human side of it is, is the, the fans are, uh, who turned out and watched them and now they can't. Now they haven't got a team to turn out and watch at the moment. There is no, there's no suggestion they're going to be readmitted into any other sort of division at the moment. So it's kind of a, a failure really on, on expansion. They talk about wanting to expand the game and, and then suddenly it gets whipped away and lots of people talking about what happens next and who comes in. You know, you, you could pick a, two and three and four sides from the championship. But for me, if you still want to talk about the profile of the game and, and how you grow it, you've got you've got to go with either London or, or Toulouse for, for me because you, you're replacing that expansion team with, with another one. London, outside our heartlands, capital city, you know, the media will lap that up. But then you've got Toulouse who, who play in France. Um, you'll have the Catalan and Toulouse sort of derby match maybe. And then Sky might be able to show one game a week. Well, the, sort of the French version of Sky Sports will be able to maybe show, you know, them play on alternate weeks maybe. Helps people, you know, watch our sport in, in, in France. I know Toulouse have, a, have been going for something like 85 years, so they're not a, a new club but it gives them a, an opportunity to 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 play in the the big the big league with the big with the big boys yeah yeah but uh, for my argument i think promotion should be be earned i think you're right to play in the, i don't think anybody should be parachuted into the the, the top league um, i think the fairest way to do it would be not to promote anybody this season and not relegate anyone from super league next season promote promote a side next year that, that wins the, the championship so I think it, I, I see your point with London and Toulouse I suppose they'd be the obvious choices but it's going to upset people at, at Lee it's going to upset people at Witness you know yeah. York City Knights they've got a lot of ambition as well and that's that's quite an untapped area York I mean I know there's an awful lot of rugby league teams in Yorkshire but if you if you look geographically York's quite a quite a trek from, from most of those clubs it's sort of a city out on its own really and you know a historic place and tourist, tourism place a place with massive potential so they could be looking at that as well they've got a new stadium as well so Featherstone Rovers are always there or thereabouts I mean do they deserve a shot they've, they've worked really hard they've won that championship a couple of times won the grand final a couple of times they've been denied promotion so you'd, you'd argue that they there's an argument for it for all the teams in the championship mm. really all the ones who've got the Sort of ambitious, there's probably sides down the bottom there who've not got the ambition to play in Super League or the finances as well. But the ones who have, I mean, there's an argument for all of them. So it'll be interesting to see what the what the Super League come up with. I think what a lot of supporters want is they want transparency, they want honesty, and I think they just want the, the sport to be run properly. And I think with Super League, sometimes there's there's been a lot of mistakes made, hasn't there? And you know, 
I think the Toronto one again is one of those because I heard something this week from Super League saying that it was the the logistics of it all as well. And I thought, well, you knew all that when you when you decided to have a team there. So you know why are they going back on it? And I mean, they've just put a team in in there called Ottawa. So what are the chances of Ottawa in the next couple of seasons gaining promotion to Super League? If they've got a good back at there and they're signing decent players, they're going to end up like Toronto and, and get promoted to Super League. So will they be allowed to come in? Because they're going to have the same logistics as Toronto have had. So there's going to be some 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 fun times ahead. Yeah, I, I think with the expansion thing, with the likes of Toronto and Ottawa, if you, if you were sort of starting afresh, you'd say no, because... There's no, there's nobody there. It's, it's just a whole new blank canvas of building, of building a club. But because they exist and they are there and they will have fans there, the RFL and the Super League, whoever's in sort of deciding these these things, have to support that and will have to prop them up for a few, you know, five, ten years to make to make them a, a, a force really. In in a super a bit like Catalan, you know, it took them a while to to, to get going. Uh, they've got a a backer, haven't they? A, a French backer who who puts the money in and and has invested in 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 their infrastructure and their you know youth development and and the community stuff. And it's it's great. It it takes time that though, Paul. And and these expansion teams, a lot of for me, they just want the quick the quick fix. They want to get in, make as much money as possible, and then get out. And it's it's not like that. It's just cruel uh, on 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 the fans that they, they pick up. Really, it should be more of a 20, 20 25 year plan, and let's build a, a community around this club. And it takes time, and it takes money, <clears throat> and that's and that's what these sort of owners have to have to kind of realise. If you go into, you know, become a uh, an owner of a, an expansion club, there is no quick fix for me. No, there's not, and I feel sorry for for, for Catalans because. You know, it's tough for them, isn't it? Every week, and I, I think they get a lot of bad press. I don't think they get supported by the the other Super League clubs as well. I mean, I was annoyed by that this week, where Saint Helens said they weren't travelling over to, yeah. to Catalan to play the Catalan Dragons. For me, there's there's far too much in Super League, especially at the likes of Saint Helens, Wigan, Leeds. These clubs, they they seem to think that they can run the sport. And the people in charge at their club seem to think they can run the sport. We all know who I'm talking about. I'm not going to name names. But, but they do. And I've listened to Bernard Guash, the, the Catalan's owner and chairman. And he speaks very passionately. And I agree with a lot of the things that he says. They do get the rough end of the stick sometimes. And you know what? I'd love it. You no, know, now Salford aren't involved with this. I'd love it if Catalan Dragons went to Hull and won that grand final. Because I think it'd really rub some people's noses in the dirt. Because I think, you know, they seem to think that the, the rugby league world ends at Wigan and St. Helens and I think that's what holds us back sometimes you know the, this M62 thing that, that people go on about I think a lot of the chairmen at the big clubs they love that they want that cartel of those clubs just being being there all the time they hate it when another club, club comes up on the rails and, and starts sort of threatening them I think it was the same with Salford when we were sort of threatening well we are threatening now and they don't like it so yeah I hope Catalans do well this season and I'd love to see them win the grand final it would be interesting, and obviously, with Toronto going an expansions team to go and actually win it, that'd be quite a story. That really. Well, it was a great story when they when they won the Challenge Cup, wasn't it? A couple mm. of years ago, I thought it was a fantastic final. It was great for the sport in France, and uh, what else it was as well, Rob? 
it was it was great for rugby league because it was on terrestrial television. A new team won the competition. It got everybody talking, and I think that's what it needed. It was fantastic last season when we got to the grand final. Not just from a Salford point of view, but from a rugby league point of view, because all the neutral supporters were sort of cheering for us, weren't they? Because they wanted a new team. It generates interest and excitement. So I'm hoping that I'm just looking now, thinking who's in the, the playoffs. Catalans haven't been to a grand final. I think all the others. Sort of five or six have been to grand finals, haven't they, before? But Catalans would be great to see them get there to the final. And no, I wouldn't begrudge them anything. I think Steve McNamara is a good guy. They've got some good players, and uh, you know the chairman's a top bloke. And and I think they've done a lot for the sport in the last ten or so years over in Perth. You know, I think they've they've done really well, and uh, you know, good luck to them. Yep. So that's the end of this week's uh, podcast. We've I've done a pop up podcast. We spoke to uh, Lee Mossop. It's his testimonial uh, year. And uh, I managed to speak to him, talk about all his career and, and how he got to Salford and all the ins and outs of his, his Salford career. Fantastic interview. It's well worth uh, listening to. It's what I'll be probably releasing it sort of maybe Saturday. So make sure you, your ears uh, to the uh, to your phone or your radio uh, for that. It's fantastic uh, to listen to, Paul. Yeah, I've not heard it yet. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure it will be. Lee Mossop always talks really well, doesn't he? And, you know, testimonial coming up for him he deserves that he's, uh, he's, he's he's really put himself about this season he worked really hard so uh, I know Watto thinks really highly of him as well so I look forward to listening to that yeah he's got and his testimonial shirt is spot on as well retro uh, Salford shirt I think it's from the 90s sort of mid 90s I think maybe it's a, it's a beautiful one yeah it's a bit like the early 90s Esau one isn't it mm. yeah it looks good that well worth a purchase I think I think the Cut-off point is Friday if you want to get it before Christmas, I think he said. So if you if you do want one and help uh, celebrate Lee Mossop's testimonial, uh, go on to his uh, website and uh, purchase one. We'll put a, we'll put a link on, on our uh, Facebook and, and Twitter as well. I think the club have done that as well in the last couple of hours. So it's plenty of opportunity for, for our listeners to go out and uh, help our captain in his testimonial year. Yeah, get it on your Christmas list because I'm sure people are doing that now. You know, Santa Claus, we're busy now, only getting uh, his reindeers ready and that. So get that on your Christmas list. <laughs> one Getting his, I don't think, can he, you know, I suppose, how many reindeers has he got? Is he allowed to, is he allowed to come? I don't think that, I don't, yeah, I think Father Christmas does what he wants, mate. I don't think Father <laughs> Christmas gets COVID, he's immune to it. I think he'll be fine. He's well. He'll be social distance. He'll be in the sky. Hopefully, that's that's a that's a good that's a good. Yeah, yeah. I suppose we need to make sure that the the, the big man's okay. So that's in this week's podcast. Big thanks for tuning in. Albert Rob Parkinson. You can find us on Facebook. Devil the Detail SRD. You can find us on Twitter at DITD SRD. And you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Radio Contact, and Spotify. Big thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Ha, 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 ha.